Worship team, if you can make your way to the stage, please. My name's Chris. Welcome to New Hope Community Church, where lives are changed and miracles happen. We have a lot of great gatherings coming up this week, and I'd love to tell you about them. On Monday, we have Ignite Youth Group. We meet at 6.30, doors open at 6, and this Monday we're having a Christmas party. So wear your ugliest sweater. We'll see who wins. We're going to have a lot of fun, and of course, most importantly, we're going to learn a lot about Jesus. And then we will have Celebrate Recovery at 7 p.m. in the green room. And anyone with a hurt, hang-up, or habit, just this Wednesday will be our Bible study Christmas party. So bring a white elephant gift and be ready to have some fun. 
On Friday, we have our new young adults group, ages 19 through 29. We'll meet in the green room for food and fellowship. Hope to see you there. On Sunday, we will have our Christmas service. It will be at 10.30 a.m., our normal time at New Hope. And we will be having our Christmas program. So please come and support the kids. It'll be a great time to celebrate Jesus. Can we all stand to worship our Father today? The word says when two or more gather, he is here. So our Father is here today. And he's ready to make a way in you guys' lives. But you guys got to let him. So let go and let God move today. That's what I ask that you guys do. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you're going to do in this church today, Lord. Father, fill us up with your love and your grace so that we can be poured and filled up and moving wonders in your name, Lord. Father, we are nothing without you. We're broken without you. We're hurt without you, Lord. So, Father, right now, come. Come into our lives. Come into the ones who are, who, who, who are weary right now, Lord. And let them see you and see you and, and see your face, Lord. Father, let your spirit fill this church today, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every, amen. Come on, guys. Let's give our Father some honor. Come on. Can we get in the, can we get in the spirit? Can we get in the mood? Come on, guys. Oh, Lord, we want more of you. We want more. We want more. We want more. We want more. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything. That has breath. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I praise in the valley. I praise on the mountain.
If you say release, I'm letting go. If you're in it with me, I'll begin. And when you say to jump, I'm diving in. If you say be still, then I will wait. If you say to trust, I will obey. You're the only truth, the liar, the way. I'm done chasing feelings. So spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me. trust in God, I say you're the one who will never fail, he will never fail, I trust in
so much, Lord. Father, I thank you so much for just this church, just the people that are in it, Lord. Father, I ask that you just fill us up one more time. Let us realize that this world can't be changed without you. That our children can't be strong without you. That our families can't be built without you. Lord, let us realize that you are a foundation. You will never fail. You won't fail in any situation, Father. Your word says you bring light to the darkness. You bring hope to the hopeless. Lord, thank you so much for just being that way maker, Father bringing joy to the lives of those who, who are feeling hurt, broken.
that you are. So, Father, as we continue to service, Lord, keep showing us signs and wonders. Keep showing the people who need to follow you more the things that they need to do to change their lives, to be more with you, Lord. Keep opening our minds up to see you so that we can be renewed and transformed only by you, Lord, so that you can renew our minds and our hearts and everything that we have to ourselves, Lord. Let us die. Let us die to ourselves so that we can be filled by you, you only. And as this church service continues to go, thank you so much once again. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was actually acting up a little bit before the fact. The mic was acting up. So you may have to go with the ones in your ear. Hello. All right. Are we working here? Are we on mute? All right, there we go. I have this Spanish that one day everything works. One day it'll happen. Not today, but it'll happen. Anyway, praise the Lord. Welcome to New Hope. I'm so glad that you're here. We adapt, improvise, and overcome. Amen. So glad to be here with you. That was great worship, wasn't it? We're so blessed to have our worship team. Somebody give them a round of applause. Just so proud of where they've come and uh, the people that are on the team that, you know, not about being not you know they're they're not up here to make a record or do a perfect performance they're up here great they're up here to usher us into the presence of god so i'm just thankful for people that not only are gifted and talented but people who know how to flow with the holy spirit amen amen out. What, that's not working either? All right. As long as we got a third one for a spare, we'll work with that. Ushers, if you want to make your way forward, uh, before I move on, uh, we're going to take today's offering. Um, if you would prefer to give electronically, there are some ways they're going to put that up on the screen. But before I go any farther. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Miss Janet gave me uh, my uh, Christmas offering, I guess we would call it. Um, 
you know, I just, I, I really, really appreciate it. I really just thank you for, uh, from the bottom of my heart, honestly. I, I, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And honestly, it's like, you know, the best people, um, the best people are from New Hope because not only because we have a group of people who passionately want to serve God with all their heart, but this is a place where people are real. I'm just like so done with like fake plastic, like Christianity, like, you know, it's just, we just, you know, come to church and play the game, punch in, punch out. Nobody's lives really change. We don't even really know anybody or connect with anybody, but we're all plastic and pretty. I'm like, I, that's not what I want. You know, I want, I, I want a community of people who love one another the way Jesus does with a, a mixture of many different kinds of people coming from many different stages of life who come together as a community and a body of Christ and who love one another and accept one another flaws and all and said, Hey, you know, like, I know you're struggling with this, but let me come beside you and let me help you get better. So that's what we're all about. And so I'm just really thankful. Um, before these guys take their offering, I just want to read this scripture, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Um, this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Um, a few weeks ago, we did a, a whole series on financial breakthrough and um, ever since we did that series I knew it would happen but there was a bunch of people who have shared stories with me who've come up to me and said you know um, I, I I was listening to your message and I gave and this happened to me and this happened to me and that this blessing happened to me I mean it's just it's just been really great and even just in the church I mean we literally like filed an insurance claim in May and Right as we got to that series and just started believing God for financial breakthrough for the people and the church, it's like we finally got that check from the insurance company. It wasn't enough, so we're going to shake them down for a little bit more. But it's still, it was, it was, a, it was a breakthrough. And so uh, generally in December, I will tell you that uh, if you look at all the, like the flow of the church are giving dips in December, and I get it. People buy Christmas presents, they buy things, they, they feel that their money's a little bit tight. But I just want to say, like, don't stop the flow of God's blessing in your life. You know, when you don't have enough to meet your need, you have a seed, and God will, will, will meet that seed, and he'll multiply it, um, and he'll provide for every one of your needs through his riches and glory. Amen? Dear Lord, thank you for... Uh, thank you for everything that you've done. Lord, I thank you for the miracle testimonies of provision. And I thank you that greater things are yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ushers, you want to make your way around. And we're going to get into, we're going to get right into the word that uh, I have for you guys. I don't want to keep you long today. We'll, I promise we'll be out of here by 5 o'clock today. No problem. If you have your Bibles with you, open up to the Old Testament book of Isaiah, 
chapter 43. Isaiah 43, we're going to begin at verse 16. This is going to be our jumping off point. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And I really think God put this message on my heart to give to you, to encourage you and build you up as we uh, approach 2024 right around the corner. It feels good that, you know, if somebody asks me for something, I tell them, you know what, we'll, we'll take care of that next year. Feels like, I know I don't have that much time, but it feels like, you know, if you're a procrastinator, like, it's like, great. Like, you know what, we'll, we'll get to that next year. I feel like I got a lot, lot of time. Isaiah 43, if you're there, say amen. Isaiah 43, 16, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise. They are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. And do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Could we just lift our hands to heaven? Lord, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for the people that you've brought here, and I thank you for the word that you put on my heart. Lord, I pray that the people would be encouraged, build up. Lord, I pray that they would leave here never being the same. Lord, I pray that you would touch them today. Lord, and I pray that breakthrough would happen in every area of their life. Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know that our God is a way maker? I need somebody to, I just need somebody to say for me, our God will make a way. Come on, just, just one more time. I want the devil to hear it. Just give me a shout and just say, our God will make a way. Our God is a way maker. All right, you can stop repeating me now, but you guys are doing good. You're excited today. They must have gave you the coffee today. We're on. We're full of the Holy Spirit. Our God is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. He's peace for the restless. He's hope for the hopeless. He is our Savior. He is our healer. He is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. And he is our soon coming king. Amen. He is the one who was and is and is to come. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His name is Jesus, and he can make a way when there seems to be no way. And listen, that's important. You, you got to know that. You got to know that he can make a way when there seems like absolutely no way because there's going to be times in your life where you're going to be placed in a position. You're going to have the circumstances of life come raining down on you and you're going to feel trapped. You're going to feel like you're never going to be able to escape that, that place that you are in life. I've been there. I don't know if you guys have been there, but, but Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So yes, you will have problems. You will have tribulation. But, but, but you're not going to stay there. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not standing in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to pitch a tent in the valley of the shadow of death. I might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not going to stay there. Amen? Man, there's going to be times where we feel stuck. There's going to be times where we feel like there's no way out of our situation. Sometimes we, we lose our job and then we lose our income and, and, and we don't know how we're going to pay our bills and it just seems like we're going to end up in a financial like avalanche that's going to crush us. There's, there's people who will, that, that walk with us and that we love and that we trust and then they turn around and they betray us and they stab us in the back and they walk out of our life and we don't know how we're going to live our life without them. It seems like it's never going to be the same. There's times where we get a bad report from the doctors. We have a, 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 an issue and, and we don't know how we're going to recover or if our bodies will ever be the same. Uh, some of us are stuck even in bad relationships and and we don't know how to fix it. We don't know how to end it. And we don't know how to move on. We just feel stuck. And sometimes in our life, we've just made a mistake. We've just stepped out and we maybe let our flesh get control of us. Or we made a really bad decision and it's public and it's embarrassing. And you said that you would never do the thing that you did. And, and now people know about it and they're walking out on you and you are not sure how you're going to bounce back. But if I've learned one thing in my life as a Christian, God will always send help when you need it. He's always going to send help. He's not going to leave you stuck. That feeling you feel is not going to last forever. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about how God can make a way when there seems like no way. And we're one week away from Christmas. Somebody asked me, they said, you know, have you done your Christmas shopping? I was like, I'll start next week. Amen. Men, we got six and a half days. We got lots of time left to do your Christmas shopping. Maybe we'll start on Thursday or, or Friday. But, but we're right around the corner, so we're thinking Christmas, we're thinking Christmas things, and, and a lot of us are thinking about the birth of Jesus, which we typically call the Christmas story. And, and what I want to do is I want to look at the Christmas story and I want to look at the life of Jesus and I, I want to look at some of the people that God used to help bring the Messiah to us. See, God will send people in your life to help you when you need help. And I wonder how many times there's people that are sent into our lives and we're so happy that, that they come and they help us out, but we don't realize that it was God who sent those people in our life to help us at that very time. There was a, there was a woman and, you know, she was just one of these prayer warriors. She was one of them Pentecostal women, prayer warriors, loud prayer Screamer, screaming, talking in tongues, and she lived in an apartment building, and, and she would pray, and she would pray loud, and, and there was, her neighbor could hear her throughout the walls praying, and she would wake up in the middle of the night and pray and shout 
and all this. And, and her neighbor was an atheist. And he was like, man, that crazy woman keeping me up at night. Doesn't she know? Somebody needs to tell her that there's no God, that she's just foolish. And he would give her a hard time. She would walk out of her apartment and he would say, you crazy woman, you kept me up again last night praying. Don't you know that there's no God? And she was undeterred. She didn't really say anything. She just went about her business. And uh, one day she was in her house and she was praying and she said, Lord, I, I don't even have money for groceries and, and I need to have some food in my fridge. I don't even have groceries. And, and she's getting really loud and, and this guy's hearing her. He hears what she's saying. And he said, you know what? I'm going to show her. I'm going to show her. So he goes down to the store and he buys a bunch of bags of groceries. He puts it by her apartment door. He knocks on the door and then he kind of runs and hides around the corner. She pops out of her apartment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these groceries. I, I knew when I, I, you, I know you always hear my prayers, Lord. You, you know exactly what I need. Thank you, Jesus. And he comes walking around the corner. Ah, ha, ha, you foolish woman. It wasn't God who brought you the groceries. I brought you the groceries. The woman says, thank you, Jesus. I knew that you would answer my prayers, but I didn't know that you would make the devil pay for it. Amen. So what I want to talk to you today is that the people that God will send into your life to help you. And the first kind of person that God puts in your life is he puts in your life a, a person who believes in you. A person who believes in you. Now, let me be clear. God doesn't need people to achieve his purposes here on the earth. But in his sovereignty, he has chosen to use people for his plan. That means that not only do you and I get to be part of his plan, but also in the plan that God has for us, he has people that are already prepared that he can send into our life that will be sort of these divine connections that will help us get to the next level. And, and one of those people is people who believe in you when no one else does. Now, when it was time for, for Jesus to enter into the world, there had to be a woman who would be the vessel that, 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 would, that Jesus would enter the world through because the prophecy in the garden was that the Savior would come from the seed of the woman. So somebody had to be uh, that, that vessel, and that's where we jump into the Christmas story and we look at the faith of a woman by the name of Mary. Now, I think that we have uh, saw the, the Christmas story and we saw movies on Christmas and we watched all this different stuff, but I don't know 100% that we really feel the weight of this. Like, do we realize that Mary was a teenage girl? Mary was a teenage girl living in a small village, you know, engaged, probably looking forward to getting married, looking forward to being a mom, just kind of going about her simple life. And then all of a sudden, this angel appears. Mary, don't be afraid. Spirit's going to come upon you, and, and you're going to give birth to a child, and, 
You're going to call him Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins. And he's going to be great. And he's going to sit on the, the throne of his father, David, and his kingdom will have no end. I mean, no pressure, right? You're a teenager. You just want to get married. You know, uh, you're going to be you're going to be God's earthly mother. I mean, how that must how that must have felt. And Mary's like, how can that be? Like, like, how can I have a child like since I've I've never known a man? And that's where Luke 138 kind of kicks in. And and this angel just tells her, you know, that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and and, and it's going to be miraculous. And her reaction really shows her faith. Luke 138, Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I mean, that had to be the craziest thing. I mean, it, it would seem to make no sense. A virgin is going to have a child. And, and she had to feel at that time that it was probably going to cost her in terms of relationships. I mean, we know that an angel appeared to Joseph and and told him that it was going to be okay. But could you imagine having that conversation? I got to tell you something. I, I mean, I've heard a lot of far out like cheating stories. But, you know, like that would be a very difficult one. Like, hey, I want to let you know, like I'm, I'm pregnant. But I promise you it's legit. An angel appeared to me. I wasn't cheating on you. It wasn't another guy. You know, I, I mean... She probably thought, you know, am I going to lose the man that I love? Not to mention living in a small town, right? And, and, you know, they had, you know, they were very strict about, you know, their morals. A woman could even be killed for, they considered it an act of adultery. If she was, you know, betrothed and she was waiting on the wedding for her to commit adultery. So uh, it had to be very intimidating. And, and, and you would think that it would, it would probably cost her something in terms of relationships, but you know what? She was willing to just have faith and believe the word of the Lord, even though it seems impossible. And you're going to need some people in your life to sometimes believe in you. I mean, I can think of, of two times in particular, times if you've had a major mistake in your life. When you mess up and you make a mistake, you'll see who your friends truly are. I'm not saying you should, or I'm not saying, like, to try it out. But I'm saying when you make that mistake, you'll see the people who stand by you and the people who don't. And, and you'll be at a time where you have a major failure. And then there's another time, other times, you have a dream that's so big and so crazy that it seems impossible. And, and nobody wants to believe in you. And, and when you're down or... Uh, when you have a dream that seems impossible that nobody wants to listen to, if you will just keep the faith, God will send people into your life that will believe in you even when nobody else does. And in those times where you feel like you're all alone, you just need to keep your head up, stick with God, and when you need it most, God will, will make a way by sending someone who believes in you. I talked a lot about how I would share my vision when I first became pastor of the church such a long time ago. And, 
you know, with, with no ministry experience, you know, kind of wet behind the ears, with no money, I mean, without even a worship team. I mean, we used to just uh, have a, a, ta- a CD player that we would play, and we would have a PowerPoint up on the screen. I mean, we, we didn't have much at all, and I'm talking about this big vision of how we're going to change the community and how we're going to change the world. And, and I knew that, you know, not a lot of people believed in me, but I just kept standing in faith. I knew the things that God has, had showed me, and I just kept talking about it. And I, and I told you, you know, there would be, I, I can remember, you know, one older lady, she oh, bless your heart, you know, and she would just like kind of look at me like, oh, yeah, you know, like that, that it was like, you know, it was a pipe dream. But I knew the vision that God had given me. And, and we, um, the, the pastors prior to me had shut down this building and they winterized it and there hadn't been no heat on in a couple years. And, and I mean, it was in really really bad shape at that time, but God put it on my heart to, to move over to this building. And I, and I just, one day I just got up, I said, you know what, Easter, we're moving over there. Just said it and then kind of went home and was like, man, I probably shouldn't have said that. Like, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to do this. It's going to be a disaster, you know. Um, but I knew God put it on my heart and, you know, even like my main leadership team, I, I kind of happened to be you know, just around the corner, and I, I heard, you know, somebody who was, you know, really was on our, our ministry leadership team saying, oh, you know, you know Rick. I mean, he's, it's going to take 10 years for us to do it. You know, he's just talking, you know, he just, you know. And I'm like, dang, okay, if I can't, like, if my, like, leadership team doesn't even believe that we can do this, like, I wonder what, like, somebody who's just, like, a visitor, like, thinks of this. And I'm and I was just kind of down, and I was just discouraged. And that week, I had had um, uh, and uh, I had a time set up where I was going to eat a dinner with um, just some people from the church, just a nice family from the church that we are friends with. Just said, "Hey, I want to catch up, and I want to have dinner with you." And, and I'm sitting there, and no, I'm not. You know, I didn't want to like cry and like be like, "Oh, you know, nobody believes in me." But I'm just sitting there, and we're just talking and just eating, like, meatloaf or something, you know. And, and uh, they just said, you know, we just want you to know that we believe in you. We believe in the vision that God has for you. We love the vision and, and your excitement that you bring. You know, th- you, you're, you know that, that vision is what this church needs. And um, we've been saving for an RV um, for when we retire, but... You know, we've decided that instead of buying that RV, that we're going to go ahead and we're going to give you a check for $20,000. And, you know, when I seen God move in that moment, and, and that, you know, that was the thing that, that set us up and got us to move over here. And, you know, and, and we have other times where we, we've had financial bumps. But ever since that moment, you know, and, and the money was, the money meant a lot. Right. Uh, somebody gives you 20 grand like that's nice. Right. You know, I'm not going to say it didn't mean anything, but having somebody sit with me and say, you know what? We believe in you. we believe that God's going to get you, that, that God's going to get us exactly where you say we we believe in the vision of this church and we want to come alongside and support that. It meant more than anything. And so sometimes when you're down and defeated and you feel alone, God will send those people to just encourage you. And then you're going to be ready to, to go forward and, and you'll be able to do whatever God called you to do, no matter how 
impossible, it seems. Amen? No, so not only will God send you help by having people who believe in you, God has people who can bless you. God has people who can bless you. Now, one of the most misunderstood parts of the Christmas story is that of the three wise men or the, the Magi. You know, you, you've probably seen the you've probably seen the different um, Christmas cards or the nativity thing, and you see these three dudes with camels, and they got these little boxes, right? And, and they're there, and and I mean, it makes for a cool picture. It makes for a cool scene, kind of like at night with the star and the camels, and they have these little boxes, right? But that's not really accurate. Like the the Magi were actually very powerful people they were of the of the old world the ancient world they were like the elite they were super wealthy and they were sort of like the power behind the power right and i heard somebody say there's really no equivalent to who they who they would be like in the modern world but we know that there's right there, there's really wealthy and powerful people who kind of pull the strings of government right the the people who are in government are usually just front men for, you know, the ultra-powerful and the ultra-elite. But, but you could think that back then that's who the Magi were. And they were very, very wealthy. And they were coming from Babylon. And the reason that they saw the star and they came to Jerusalem is because Daniel, when he in exile, when he was in Babylon, he became essentially the head of of these wise men. So they knew the prophecies. They knew the prophecies. They believed very much in the teachings of Daniel. And there probably wasn't three wise men. It doesn't say that there was three. Um, you could go back and read. Somebody told me that. They said it really doesn't say three wise men. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's three wise men. Three guys. It's because the Bible talks about three gifts. So they act like they're the three gifts. But these guys would have came with like, like bodyguards, security. Like, they were probably carrying caravans of stuff with them, and that's why people were nervous, and that's why they walked right in and saw the king, because they were very powerful people. And they were asking, where, where is the king? Where is the king? Because they knew from the prophecies of Daniel that one day there would be a king who would be the king of all kings, whose kingdom would never end. And so when they saw the star, they began the journey and, you know, when they finally did get to Jesus, it was almost like two years later. So they didn't even come when he was in the manger. It says that they went to the house that they were in. And when they came, it says that they, they, they bowed down and, and worshipped him. And it said that they had gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And what this would have been, this would be the gifts of a king to take them through his entire life. The frankincense would have been for worship. The gold would have provided everything that they needed, and the myrrh was used for burial. And so what happened when these, uh, when these magi, when these wise men went and saw King Herod, and King Herod realized that there was another king that was being born, he decided, well, I'm not going to lose my kingdom and since I can't figure out who it is, I'm just going to kill every child under the age of two. I mean, could you imagine how frightening that would be? And then an angel appears to Joseph and tells him, you got to get out of here. 
because something's going to happen. Right? This is what we call in the Bible the massacre of the innocents, that every child in that, in that region was killed under the age of two. But here's the thing. You can get up and want to leave, but how would you go? You know, uh, Joseph was probably a man of, like, middle class means, blue collar, construction worker, Mary didn't have a job. They just had a new baby. How are you going to travel all the way down to Egypt? And then when you get down to Egypt, you can't work because you're not part of that country. How are you going to eat? And then how are you going to get back? The reason that they were able to was because of the gifts of the Magi provided them everything that they needed and probably provided for the disciples through the rest of Jesus' life and even the, the burial spices that the women came to to put on Jesus were given by the Magi. God will send people in your life to bless you when you feel like you don't have, that, that you don't have enough. I had somebody just recently, um, you know, um, they, they were going through a little bit of a situation and, and I was able to, to help them out a little bit and they said, you know, I don't want to take this from you because like I, I know you really don't make any money. You know, and I was like, you don't understand, like, you know, I guess on paper, like, if you look at the salary I make and the, and the things that I make just from this job, it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but God can bless you in so many different ways. Amen. God brought me to a calling. He didn't say how I would get paid. He just said, you know, I'll provide for you. That's all that I knew, and God has provided for me in so many different ways, I can't even, I can't even tell you. I, I can't say the person's name, but I, I brought a guest speaker here one time, and um, I don't know if he felt bad for me or whatever, but, you know, he, he came, and, and uh, we're, we're during praise and worship. He just looks over at me. He said, you know what? He said, God just told me to give you $10,000. And he said, it, 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 not for the church, I just want you to have a good summer. I had a good summer that summer, amen. You know, but God will send people in your life to bless you. So I, I, didn't, have, I, I didn't have a bunch of resources. I didn't have a bunch of means at that time. But God knew exactly what I needed. And God sent somebody in my life, moved on his heart, and then he turned around and, and, and blessed me. God has a million, million ways to bless you. And listen, there's people out there who have lots of money. They have lots of money, and God can place it on their hearts to help you. The Bible says that, that if we give, it will be given to us a good measure, pressed down, running over, shall men put into your bosom. That's what it says in the King James Version. So you give to the Lord, but God will move on men's hearts to give to you and to provide for you what you need. I, I, was, uh, I, I was looking, don't stop being a giver. Don't stop being a giver. There's a flow that God wants to bring you in. I, I looked, we looked over, we had a meeting, a council meeting, and looked over our financials in November, and, you know, we have a lot of needs here. There's a lot of reasons why I would say, hey, you know what, we can't give anybody any money because we have a bunch of needs here. But looking over it, I mean, we gave uh, in November, we gave to uh, the prison ministry, and you guys know the outcome of that. It was just awesome. We gave some money to Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Beaver County. 
we sewed up the line of Foursquare because we know that if we just continue to give and continue to trust God, God can send people who can give you way more than you can ever give. Amen. Amen. So God can send you people who believe in you. God can send you people who will bless you. And God also has people who will promote you. God will make a way where there is no way. But did you know that there was somebody who was called to make a way for Jesus? His name was John the Baptist. And he was a, a mighty prophet. And John had a large following. He had a big following. I mean, he was kind of this wild man prophet, but he was from the priestly line. And, and it was a miracle how he was born as well. His, his mother was barren and she was older and, and his father was a priest in the temple. And, and they knew that he had seen a vision and seen an angel because when he came out, he couldn't talk. And then he finally talked again when his son was born and they said that his name would be John. And there was a bunch of prophecies on his life. He grows up, goes out to the wilderness, is this prophet. He's preaching to everybody, repent, make a way for the Lord. And, and people are coming and people are following and, and he's baptizing people. And many people thought that he was going, that he was the Messiah. But in John chapter 1, verse 32, they were asking him, they were saying, you know, are, are you the Christ? And, and John it says that John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and I've testified that this is the Son of God. And so John had this large following and, and large ministry, but he knew that when Jesus came, it wasn't time to try to hold on to his position or, or title. He, he pointed people to follow Jesus. He said, I must decrease so that he can increase. He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All the people would have saw when he proclaimed that. All the people would have saw what happened when Jesus was baptized. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus' first two disciples were actually disciples of John the Baptist first. But when Jesus stepped into his ministry from relative obscurity... That endorsement of John the Baptist and all the influence that John had was now shifted to Jesus. See, there's something that people can give you that's worth more than money, and that is their influence. Everything that they worked for. I can remember um, one time the uh, Foursquare did their district conference, and they did it over in Moon Township. It was like the only time they ever did anything even close to Pittsburgh. And they did it over in Moon Township, and um, I was just an associate pastor at that time, but I was preaching the Sunday before, and as I preached the Sunday before, I didn't realize that our supervisor and her husband were going to be in church that Sunday. And they, they heard me preach that Sunday, and after then, we just kind of just got this real solid friendship, and, and God just showed me favor uh, in her life, and you know, she started just proclaiming like, hey, you know, you're going to be the next pastor, and, 
and we're going to help the we're going to help Pastor Jim transition you and all this. And even at one point, like things got a little bit wonky and like, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well, I might not be the pastor because like somebody else came into the mix. She stood and, and, you know, she she fought for me and she stepped up for me and she stood in the gap to, to try to protect me. And so all that was was just divine favor that God brought her at the right time in my life knowing what I would need, knowing that I would need somebody that had considerable influence and considerable authority to help me get to where God wanted me to be. God can take somebody and all the work that they've done in their life, all the connections that they've made, everything that they've done can all be transferred to you and that can take you to the next level. That's why that no matter where God has you at, I had no idea that our supervisor was going to be in church that Sunday. I was just doing what God called me to do. I was just, I studied for the word and prayed and, and always asked the Lord. And I always asked the Lord, like, you know, let me, let me go ahead and preach like this might be my last sermon. Because it might be. It might be. We don't know. We don't know when it's our time to, to go home. But, but, but. That's why you got to work your job as unto the Lord. When you go to your job, work as, as unto the Lord. Keep a good attitude when you work. Don't complain all the time. Don't go into work high all the time. Have a spirit of excellence when you go into work. Do your job. Be positive. And, and no matter what happens to you, no matter how lowly the job is, have faith that, that somebody will see you and recognize the spirit of God in your life and God will raise you up. They, they may not even understand it. They may not even understand that it's the Spirit of God working through you. But they'll just know that there's something special, that that person has a spirit of excellence, that I can trust that person, that, that, that I, can, I can put that person in charge, and I can give them responsibilities. They'll, they'll look at you. I mean, think of Joseph. You know, Joseph got thrown into a pit, became a slave, ended up, being raised up to be the in charge of uh, his slave owner's house. Then he ended up in prison. He wound up in charge of the whole prison. And then eventually he kept that same spirit of excellence and, and ended up being second in charge of all of Egypt. Because God had people positioned in his life at different places to see the giftings he had and raised them up. Daniel was the same way, had the spirit of excellence in him. And, and even in a foreign country that didn't know God, they raised him up and they put him in a, a high position. And God has people in your life that will see you. And there's going to be a favor of God on your life. And they're going to raise you up to a place that you never thought that you could get to. God has a plan for your life. Did you know that? And it's a good plan. God wants to raise you up. He wants to put you in a, in a high place. And, and you might feel overwhelmed right now. I don't know where you're at with the Lord. But, but, but just keep in mind that God has people lined up at strategic places, at strategic times. And those people are going to step in your life. And they're going to come alongside and they're going to help you. And they're going to pave the way to your destiny. Some of those people will come into your life and it'll be for a reason. You're aligned for, for a certain cause. And, and some people are just going to be for a season. They're going to be there and they're going to help you. And then 
they're going to be gone. And then there's going to be other people that are going to be for a lifetime. But, but, but God has people who will believe in you. He has people who can bless you. And, and he has people that can promote you. And so this morning, I just wanted to bring you a message of hope if you're struggling to let you know that, that, that God will put people in your life. And I wanted you to recognize these little miracles of life that happen all along the way, and I, and I didn't want you to miss God's hand in it, that God has actually put people in your life and moved on their heart so that they can be a blessing to you. But I also want you to realize that you need to be sensitive to the voice of God because you too can be his hands and feet, that, that you can be the answer to someone's prayer. That there's someone there praying and God's put something inside of you to give to them. How many times have, have, have we heard stories where somebody would just be walking around and say, you know what, I just saw this guy and I just felt the need to go up and pray for him. And I went up and I prayed for him and he was miraculously healed. God wants to do miracles through your hands. He wants to encourage somebody through your voice. God wants you to help somebody through your influence and to always remember that whatever you make happen for somebody else, God will make happen for you. Amen? Amen. I just want to close this. Uh, I hope you've been built up today and strengthened, ready to go into this Christmas year. Don't be one of them people. Well, you know what? The holidays, I just get really sad. You know what? No more. All right? This is going to be a good year. You're not going to get sad this Christmas. You're not going to get sad this winter. You're going to have the best year you ever had. Amen? Amen. I, I just want to, worship team, you want to make your way forward. And I want to just close this service by giving you the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. We're going to have a lot of gifts handed over this year. There will be gifts under the tree. We're going to be buying gifts. We're going to be getting gifts. And it's going to be a fun time. But don't miss the greatest gift that you could ever get. The gift of righteousness in Jesus Christ. The Bible is clear that every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't know, I don't know how people make it through life without Jesus. I don't. I, I really don't. It must be a hopeless existence. Our greatest need is to be reunited back with the Father. And Jesus said... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. The only way to the Father is to have your sins forgiven. The only way to have your sins forgiven is to put your faith in Jesus because Jesus died on the cross and paid the price for your sins. He offered his life up as a sacrifice. He stood in your place. The punishment that you should receive for breaking God's laws, for, for being a sinner, Jesus took that upon himself. And Jesus can save you today. You just have to say yes. And maybe you've been to church a bunch of times. And you know that you've been religious. But you never had that time where you said, you know what? I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life once and for all. I need to quit running. I need to quit being halfway in and halfway out. I don't want to be just a churchgoer. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to have joy. I want to have peace. I want to 
I want to have the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to have purpose. I want to get on God's plan for my life. If I could just get every head bowed and every eye closed, we'll just do this really quickly before we close. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior and you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior today, I just need you to stick a hand up and just raise it up just as a sign of faith that you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Amen. God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Anybody else? So now I, I want to I just challenge you because Jesus died publicly. He died. Everybody could see him on the cross. He, he died publicly. And sometimes living as a Christian in a non-Christian world can be a little bit difficult. But if you'll just take a step of faith today, take a step of faith today. You're among friends. You're among people who love you. If you raised your hand, I just want you to step out of your seat and just come right up. Come right up to the front. Don't be scared. Amen. Could we cheer them as they come along? Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Just stand right here. You can stand right here. Anyone else? Anyone else want to come forward? Come on. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on forward. Come on forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making that step. Thank you for making that step. Amen. Amen. Since you guys are facing this way, I'll come over here. So we're going to just pray something together, and it's, we call it the sinner's prayer. And it's not a magic formula, but if you felt that feeling in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit drawing on you, and you pray this prayer in faith, this has all the power to take you out of the kingdom of darkness, bring in the kingdom of light. You'll be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be born again. Amen. Amen. So we're just going to pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I'm sorry for the way I've lived, the things I've done. I'm a sinner, but you're my Savior. And I believe that you died in my place for my sin. Send the Holy Spirit to live within me and change me, and I will follow you for all my days. And today, I confess that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm born again. In Jesus' name. Can we give them a round of applause? The Bible says that there's a party that kicked off in heaven with your names on it. Let me give you a big hug. And if you guys want to welcome them into the family of God, we're going to be here to walk with you. We're going to be here to stand by you. We're going to be the people that God called to be in your life. This isn't an organization. This is a family. God didn't die to, to build a religion. He, he died to build a family. He died to build an eternal family that will be with you for all of heaven. We love you so much. Could we stand to our feet? Could we stand to our feet? Could we give the Lord a clap of praise? Amen. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. 
somebody shout, God is good. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, and everything around me shaking. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus, because he's never let me 
The only thing that our Lord can't do is fail. Amen? He's never wrong. He's never late. And he never loses. Amen? Let's stick our hand to heaven. Were you blessed today? Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ Rest upon you and your house. This service is dismissed. You stick around for fellowship. Stick around as long as you want. God bless you. We love you. You'll never fail.